Hello, world, um, and welcome to episode one of Conversations with Kath. This is super weird because um, I wasn't going to do a podcast. I, I did a podcast, a uh, little mini series, like almost a year and a half ago now, and I kind of vowed to never vow. Is that the right word? I think it is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I always said I was never going to do a podcast again, and then... Um, well actually the topic we're gonna talk about today kind of sparked the fuck it moment because I am dyslexic and slightly ADHD and all the things and I find writing really hard Um, I'm still going to write I'm still going to continue to write articles about the things I care about like this topic Um, but it takes me a million years and I got to get editors involved and yep I'm a talker. I'm a talker. So I just thought, you know, I get asked these wonderful questions on the internet. I also have my own experiences that I always want to share. But, you know, it's kind of weird doing it in an Instagram story. I also don't really like oversharing too much on Instagram. And I do it a lot because I have a lot to say um, and I don't know where else to put it. So, you know, the natural step is to have a podcast, you know. And I was like, everyone has a fucking podcast. But no one has my podcast. So screw it here we are um yeah just a few things um about this podcast just really quickly uh the episodes are not going to be chronological obviously because I'm just doing this kind of like casually and chilly just because I want to chat um and oh my god my fridge is making a weird noise wow um anyways (laughs) um and I yeah it's not really like a full business endeavor I mean Like I say about anything I do in life, if it turns into that bonus, love that for me. Um, But that's not like the plan. It's just because I want to be able to answer your questions on the internet in depth and talk about some more life experiences and things. Uh, And it's just easy to do it here, to be honest. And also like I'm obsessed with podcasts. I don't know if you are. I mean, I hope you're off you're listening to this, but maybe you're not. And I've like, I'm your gateway drug into podcast land, which I feel honored if that is the case, because I love podcasts. Like it's bad. I feel like I do not listen to enough music anymore because I am just constantly filling my brain with podcasts, which is like good because I'm learning stuff and I love it. And it keeps me entertained while I'm driving and while I'm cleaning. Um, but also sometimes I need to chill and not be always listening to people talking in my ear. And music is important. Anyways, um, I say I'm a lot. It's like a nervous tick thing. I also say like a lot. It's a nervous tick thing. Um, I just did it again. It's bad. But yeah, and also swearing will be on here. So if that's not for your ear, your ears, then this isn't your podcast. Let's get into today's episode because no one likes a long intro. I don't. I skip past them on podcasts. So I'm not going to do that to all of you. Cool. All right. Today, today we are talking about drinking. Uh, this conversation was actually sparked because I, I, I just thought everyone knew this about me. I started my Instagram. Should I give a background about myself? No. I feel like if you're on here, especially first episode, you know about me from the internet. I'll do like a two second thing. I like um, was modeling randomly uh, just as a coincidence uh, when I was... I don't know, like 16, 17. 
And then that started kicking off heavily when I was 18. And I also did this like web series with a bunch of friends at the time and um, randomly got an Instagram following. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird and great, but weird. And then because of that, as everyone does on the internet, especially if you're like a young model, you're like, I need to be more. So I started a blog where I showed like healthy recipes and did some like lame write-ups that I recently deleted because I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. You were like 18, you had no idea what you're talking about, but all good. Everyone starts an embarrassing blog at some stage of their life and made healthy recipes and kind of turned into like a wellness kind of person, which is all good because that's still like a part of who I am. But also now I realized, um, which we'll get into later, that that was some very problematic behavior because I was recovering from some trauma, et cetera, et cetera discussion for a different day and then um i said um again a million times anyways then on that journey i kind of go back to my roots i was a dancer and an actor growing up so i started doing that again getting into presenting work kind of just like the instagram brand evolved with me evolving which is another weird thing which we will talk about later um i also came out finally um as gay and that was great and yeah now kind of here we are there's a lot of little different stories in between there but that's kind of the gist of it and during that journey um especially during the whole wellness branding of mine i was very open about not drinking alcohol i think i actually did a few blog posts on it back in the heyday of uh blogging land by the way my blog is still alive and well so if you want to go and discover some really great and fun healthy recipes callmecath.com is your friend cute little plug there love that for me anyways and so i just went to a party my partner's party actually uh like two weeks ago now and i put up like a story i was being really like weird at home when i got home and then i put up like a story in bed being like lol all this is happening as i'm completely sober because i don't drink and then so many people were like what i didn't know this about you can you talk about that a bit more? Why don't you drink? Anyways, my DMs went crazy. And firstly, I was like, I thought everyone knew this about me. And secondly, I was like, wow, you all really want me to talk about this. Um, so yeah, then I was like, I'm going to write an article. Then I tried to write the article and I was like struggling. And I was like, I'm just going to get my microphone out of the cupboard, dust it off and chat about it. And here we are. So to kick things off also, isn't it funny that I ordered my lunch on Uber Eats literally right before I started recording this episode. So that's going to be awkward when that happens at my door. Anyways, I thought I would start this by discussing, you know, like when I started drinking, the relationship I had with it when I did, when I stopped, why did I stop? All those sort of like pre things before we start properly answering your questions. Okay, uh, so I started drinking um, really young, which is why I am really young now. I'm 23 years old and I haven't had a drink for, what's that, six years, solid six years, maybe even more now. Um, And a lot of you might be going, that means you gave up alcohol when you were 17. Yes, that is true. I started drinking around the age of 12. Um, I was in a really interesting group in high school. I guess you could say it was rebellious, but I kind of like, I kind of wasn't. Um, My home life was interesting. So like I wasn't being like rebellious um, in the sense, but I guess I kind of was. Drinking at 12 is pretty hectic, but 
yeah, I started drinking super young. Um, I was just like in that crowd and um, yeah, latched onto it at a young age. So middle of year seven uh, was when I went to my first party and got drunk. Um, and it just kind of snowboarded from there up until I quit at the age of 17, 16, 17. Um, my relationship with it at first was, you know, I mean, it's problematic in itself that you're drinking at that age because that is just not appropriate and also really bad for a developing brain, et cetera, et cetera. But I, you know, I wouldn't binge as much as the people around me. And I know comparison shouldn't be like the measure of my, like how bad my relationship was, but I didn't feel like I had a bad relationship with it in the sense of I didn't I didn't need it I I wasn't binging every single weekend I would just like have a few drinks um and then every so often obviously it would turn into binge drinking but that was also like the culture of my group and of high school it was like you drank to get drunk otherwise why do it um which is a whole other topic um I don't under like it's just crazy how we teach people especially young people how to drink and the culture around binge drinking and how it's normalized Anyways, uh, so yeah, relationship wasn't too bad with it, um, but kind of bad by association because I was very, very young and doing it most weekends. I also picked up smoking around this time and became a heavy smoker. Um, that was actually kind of like, that was more my, my addiction. That was more my thing. Um, but again, super young to be doing that. And yeah. So then it wasn't until around the age of, yeah, 16, 17, where, you know, a few red flags started to pop up. Uh, Firstly, alcoholism runs in my family. And that's like a super big point of discussion in this as to why I don't drink. But alcoholism is very close to me in my life and um, has affected me quite a great deal by association. I've never been an alcoholic, um, which is a question I get a lot, but I have been around it um so around the ages of yeah 16 17 the alcoholism that was around me was be rearing its head quite um in a big way it, it had for years before that but just around that time it seemed to get you know heated I think as well because when you get older you also become I don't know not more aware because not like you couldn't ignore it in my scenario but maybe more aware I don't know and um I also found myself going out more to distract myself from certain things that were happening in my life and I also just on another level was kind of over the routine of it I'd kind of done this whole like drinking uh every weekend with my friends since I was yet in year seven and I was now going into year 11 and I was just like bored of it So it was a combination of being like, what the fuck are we all doing? This is so repetitive and so just boring, as well as in my life, seeing the effects of it. And then also knowing that because addiction runs so heavily in my family and having mental health issues of my own, I could see how easily I could have gone down that path of addiction. And I didn't want to go down that path, mainly because I had seen how destructive it it can be and is and I was like I don't want to do that to myself to the people around me um it's 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 an addiction that is like very hard to get yourself out of because it kind of destroys so much it destroys your finances it destroys your friendships your family uh your health 
And I was just like, I can see that um, happening if I don't do something about the way I live my life. I also knew that I wasn't yet at a stage, especially still being young and in like the school system and um, still very reliant somewhat on my family because I was, you know, a teenager, uh, that I wasn't going to be able to like fully like heal myself. I mean, you don't think you ever fully heal yourself, but I wasn't going to be able to get the help and the tools I needed yet to start healing myself from trauma and from anxieties and um addiction and so I was like I really need to clean up my life to make anything that I do grab onto in order to survive something a little bit less self-destructive than the things I'm currently doing like partying drinking smoking uh just being reckless um and that was kind of the light bulb moment to become oddly self-aware to be like I need to cut some things out of my life in order to not ruin it Now, it's really interesting because around this time, though, it all kind of just came together at once. Uh, A big uh, traumatic thing did happen um, around this time and I could feel myself not being able to cope. So I also then started getting heavily into like health, I suppose, Um, which actually eventually did lead, unfortunately, to an eating disorder. But that's, again, another story for another day. Uh, anyways, so I could see this, all this kind of happening. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go down this, like, and at the time I was like health pass. I'm going to get a health path. Sorry. I'm going to get into training. I'm going to get into eating well and doing all these things and not going out and not drinking and not smoking and blah, 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 blah. Um, because I want to like be a better person and I want to like deal with this in a healthy way. But of course, when you have trauma, even health can go too far, um, because addiction is real and trauma responses are real. But that was what provoked me to completely cut out alcohol. You know, so it's also this weird thing, like when people do ask me, like why you stopped and like how you stopped, I was in a very peculiar position and it's different to like my response now and it's different to like my reasoning now as to why I don't drink. And that's things I'll talk about later in the episode to actually probably help just the average Joe that's like, I want to cut back on my drinking or I don't want to drink or whatever. I will address that. But for me, the initial reason why I stopped was, you know, good in the sense of like, I'm very glad I made that decision because like I said, um, the foundation I have, uh, I, I shouldn't be engaging in those certain behaviors. I wasn't doing it in a healthy way and alcoholism runs in my family. So very glad I stopped. But the reasons I stopped were very like abrupt and peculiar and um, oh, what's the word? Like like led to other other destructive behaviors if that kind of makes sense but yeah so I stopped drinking um I was 17 at the time and got into other things like yeah health exercise yada 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 I also get asked like from people and on like on the internet like so when you stopped like did you lose all your friends how do people react blah 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 and like I said I will address all these questions in like a very more like generic sense from Kathleen talking now and the way that I maneuver myself in the world. But back then I did, but not necessarily because I gave up drinking. I actively disengaged from a lot of things at that time in my life. I disengaged from my friends. Yes, because I didn't want to go out anymore. I wasn't enjoying the party life anymore. And the group I was in at school was very much into that and was very much like the basis of our friendships. Um, So I did, but I was okay with it. 
Um, yeah. And, and people, people didn't necessarily react because of my, me not drinking. They reacted because of, I completely changed as a person, which was neither good or bad. Um, I just changed very rapidly, very quickly because of things that were going on in my life. So it wasn't really because of the drinking. Not many people even really knew. They just knew that I had changed my lifestyle a lot and changed just as a person a lot. Uh, so I did lose friends, but uh, from a conscious place, like because I disengaged as a person, not because they ignored me or anything. And people reacted because of a lot of things that I did and changed at that time in my life because of what I was going through at that time in my life. So the journey of like that, that's kind of like a quick little like blurb. I don't know what the word is. Um, for my relationship with drinking and why I stopped and blah, 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 and when. So that being said, now you have a little bit of context. We're going to more talk generally, generally, generally now. Uh, and we'll be obviously of the perspective of me at 23, still not drinking and having a much more balanced relationship with health um, and wellness. <sighs> Vomit in my mouth. That word makes me feel sick. Anyways, so. A lot of you wrote in questions, etc. I've kind of like bunched them up because there was a lot of repeats, which is a good thing because it means I can just generalize and focus on like four main points and hopefully answer 90% of your questions. The first one is kind of that whole idea of like, how do I deal with like FOMO and feeling disengaged from the group or groups when I'm not drinking in a social setting and because of that do I feel pressure to drink and how do I deal with all of this I feel like I just asked myself like 50 questions in one but all good how do I deal with FOMO like this is really interesting when I get these questions because I I will just put a disclaimer here and say that I am like I am a very I'm not your average social person. I mean, I don't know, really. I feel like we're all more antisocial than we think we are. It's a concept of mine. But I am a massive homebody. I don't like to go out a lot, really. Um, My favorite Saturday night is sitting, watching a movie with some takeaway food and going to bed at like 10 o'clock. So like, I will put that disclaimer out there. Like I am social, but in very small doses. So it might not bother me as much as like, another person because people have different social needs and like everyone has different personalities so I will put that disclaimer in there so I feel less FOMO because I like genuinely like staying inside a lot more but on that note um before I actually kind of like gave up that whole it sounds so lame but I don't know how else to like put it like party lifestyle um I experienced FOMO like so heavily and it used to cause me a lot of distress. I remember like just before I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not drinking. I'm like not hanging out in the same circles. I, I would like, I started like before I would like love going out. It was like, like it wasn't a, I mean, I'm sure it was a FOMO thing if I couldn't go, but most of the time I could go and I loved it. And it was like a very, like, I was like, great. But towards the end, I started doing it out of like a chore. Like I inside, I wouldn't want to go out. I wouldn't want to go to the bar or wherever we're going to the party. But I would like force myself to go because I was like, I have to. I'll miss out. I will like not have any friends. People will think I'm weird. Even though deep down, I started getting this desire to stay at home. And honestly, I worked through it just by sitting with the uncomfortable of like not doing it 
so many times that I've realized I was actually missing out on fucking nothing. And I was like, I no longer have FOMO because nothing goes on half the time. I don't know if that helps anyone, but I went through that. Back to today's day of me just generally not drinking for a while. Um, how I deal with FOMO is like, sounds lame, but like I said, like I just, because I continuously don't do it I also don't know what I'm missing out on anymore because it's been so long and you kind of just realize that you're not missing out on anything because a lot of the time when it comes to these certain you know social occasions or the whole like binge drinking culture and going out lots of people actually don't really want to do it but they just do it because of FOMO so it's like if a lot of people are engaging in these activities because they feel as though they have to but no one's really enjoying themselves slash wants to be there just do what you want (laughs) because at the end of the day like nothing really happens like you're not when you really sit there and discern like what are you missing out on a good time when most of the time you don't have a good time anyway and that's why you don't want to do it anymore question mark you know so I just find FOMO like an interesting concept in itself because 90% of the time you're missing out on fucking nothing. And it's like, even if you did miss out on something, there's always something to miss out on. You know what I mean? It's like the same analogy of like, when there's a certain experience and someone's like, you know, you're never going to regret like having an experience. It's like the same thing. You're never going to regret missing out on something because you don't know what you fucking missed out on because you didn't do it. So to keep it simple, who fucking cares? Like, honestly, nobody cares and you shouldn't either life life's not that like it's not that deep like life is deep but in that sense it's not that fucking deep don't go to the party don't go to the club don't go to the i don't know all good people will be like where's kath she's at home tonight cool don't care moving on and like nothing really happens like when you're there sure like you have fun and you engage with people but if you're not there like you didn't miss out on anything that deep. Like it's all good. <laughs> and that's kind of like where I go in my head. And I've just done that so many times now that it's like my na- like I don't get FOMO because like I just have trained myself almost not to get FOMO, but just like sitting with the uncomfortableness of it, realizing I'm not missing out on anything. And when you do that so many times over, you start to almost like rewire your brain to be like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> um, in the same uh, vein of that question, FOMO question you know the feelings that people say that they get or are scared of getting when it comes to feeling disengaged from their group or certain groups when they stop drinking and if I'm being completely honest which I actually want to be honest in this episode I don't want to like sugarcoat this and be like yeah like it's all good you give up drinking your life gets better in in one version of the story it does but in another version sometimes you do lose friendships or maybe a part of the friendship or the part of the relationship with the group falls away it depends on the group but if your group is heavily involved around binge drinking or partying or doing drugs or whatever it is then and you decide to give that part up or give up doing it as much or whatever a part of that relationship is going to fall away because if that's like the foundation of it and then you're giving it up the foundation will fall or it will crumble it will fail that's just kind of like a no-brainer so I'm not going to sit here and like sugarcoat it for you and be like no 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 everything's all going to be good like it might not 
But also, if that's a value of yours or if that's where you're at in your life and you're doing something for you, like it's positive, you're like, I'm going to give up drinking because I don't like who I am when I drink or I really want to run this marathon in two months and I know that drinking is going to like not make me train as well um, or you know, whatever it is. Maybe you just want to get sober because you're just like, I don't want to drink. Or maybe you hate it. Maybe you like it makes you feel sick. Some people have like allergic reactions to alcohol. You know what I mean? So if you're doing something like positive for yourself, like you're like, I'm making this decision for me, for my health, for my mental health, for whatever, whatever, whatever. And then your friendship group doesn't support that. It's the age old question. Are they really friends worth having? And I'm just going to leave you with that. You know, you can discern that however you want. But the way I always think of it is if I'm doing something positive for myself, that's coming from a place of valuing myself and my life and the people around me have a problem with it. I'm like, that's your problem because I'm doing something good for me. And if you're really a supportive friend, you should support me through it. And if you don't, maybe you're not as maybe you're not really a friend I want to have in my life. So I deal with that by that like doing that being like okay if you have a problem with the fact that I don't drink then we can't really like we're not compatible because I'm doing something that like I'm not bothered by so I don't know why you're bothered by it and if you're bothered by it because you're feeling insecure that I don't drink because maybe you feel as though you have a problem with alcohol and you're projecting that on to me because I'm no longer a team player for enabling your behavior fuck you <laughs> to put it bluntly, fuck you and fuck that friendship. Um, but to put it cutely, I would say have a constructive, um, non-judgmental conversation, if you want to, of course, with your friend or with your friendship group or whatever. And hopefully, and I do believe, you know, I believe in the goodness of people. And especially if someone's been your friend for a really long time, they obviously fucking love you and want the best for you. And they will take it well and the friendship will adapt slightly depending obviously on, you know, the activities you all do together, but it will adapt. It will change. You will do different things together. You will go out and they'll know to not pressure you to drink or to not, you know, offer you a drink and instead offer you a soda water or a Pepsi. You know what I mean? Like it will just adapt and it will change and it will be weird for a bit and then, or maybe it won't be, but it might be. And then you'll get used to it and all will be well. Bottom line, we want friends that are loving and supportive and have your best interests at heart. And that's kind of the answer to that question in short. So moving on um, to feeling pressure by people to drink and how I deal with this. Like I said, if we're talking about friends that pressure you, you can kind of go back to the question before. They're not really a friend, period. But if we're just talking in general, because this happens all the time, of people that are like, you know, we'll call them special acquaintances, people that know you, but they're not really your friends or randoms, or maybe you've gone to a party because your friends invited you. And then there's like a group of people there that you don't really know, but you're kind of like friends with them for a night by association, that kind of thing. That is a real, real thing that we're going to unpack and talk about now, because I obviously still deal with this today. And I want to give you guys some tips on that. Okay. Firstly, you just have to know this. You have to know from my observations over the past six years and talking to experts and all these things, 
a lot of the time that pressure and that like egging on honestly comes from the other person's insecurity about their own drinking habits or that like you have the willpower or whatever to say no and to not do this like very socially normal thing that like everyone does and blah 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 blah. it makes people feel insecure or like almost like offended when you're like no no I don't do that or I'm I'm I don't drink um people can sometimes be offended by that so know that it's about the other person or like 99% of the time it's the other person feeling insecure projecting that onto you and trying to make you do the thing so then they can feel less bad and shit about themselves right fuck those people alcohol also has this culture of being like a very like obviously this is generalizing um here but uh it's like a not always but it's like, it's like a group activity like people like to drink with other people also because it's funner but um sometimes it's also because of what i was saying before because then we can all just like do this activity together and no one has to feel bad about it not saying that if you drink you should feel bad about it not at all drinking i know is fun and tastes good and all the positive things about the social side of it and also like people are into alcohol because of like i don't know it tastes good or whatever um so this is like that's not always the case obviously but in some cases it is so i have found like three kind of ways to deal with this and i kind of do it by reading the room so the first one especially when you start out especially if you're young like when i was like 17 i firstly didn't want to explain myself and secondly people would really like egg me on at that age and also i still felt that like i still had that like peer pressure dna in me pack mentality being in high school all the things so sometimes i would honestly just go up to the bar whatever um get a soda water and people firstly would just assume it was like a vodka soda or it had some sort of alcohol in it so they just wouldn't bother me they'd be like oh she's drinking cool um but then some people would ask very rarely if they did I'd be like yeah it's a vodka soda they're like cool um yeah people don't people just want to like think that you're drinking which is also a fucked up concept but yeah if you're not at, yet at that stage to like fully deal with that peer pressure or you're really feeling the peer pressure but you really don't want to drink and you don't know how to get around it honestly buy a drink get a mocktail no one will fucking know people will think you're drinking everyone will leave you alone you can live your life they can live theirs problem solved band-aid solution we love it the second option is kind of like similar to the first option um it's again if you're just like at that stage where you're like you don't mind like saying that you're not drinking but you don't want to answer questions you also like find that the people that you're with or whatever uh are like not gonna understand or like yeah you just can't really be able to explaining yourself or you're still feeling that like peer pressure but you also don't want to play make-believe with your fake soda water is make up like an excuse for that scenario like if you're out at night say you're driving or drive and then problem solved um because you have to maybe pick up someone or whatever or you're just like oh i drove here um so make up an excuse or have like a reason so you can just like quickly kind of snap back with that and make it like chill and lighthearted. so then like people don't have to question you or go into like detail or be like why just do it because you have an excuse as to like why you can't like i have to get up 
early tomorrow morning to go to work. I drove here. Um, I mean, they're kind of your two main ones, but if you can get inventive, go for your life. So that's a really simple, quick, easy one. Same kind of as the first. The third is more just like being unapologetic. Like this is the really important part of this this one. It's like being really a, a unapologetic in how you express your no. Because when you give people room to convince you or you're not fully convinced by what you're saying or there's doubt or there's insecurity in your answer because of the scenario in that's when you open up floodgates for people to pressure you and fucking pile their own shit onto you. So you really have to make sure if you are going to give an answer, if I do not drink, it's like firm, it's to the point. You don't give anyone any wriggle room to like question you on it. Because if you say it like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm trying not to drink at the moment. And you say it in like with insecurity or like you're a bit unsure, that's when people will possibly, of course, come for you. If you say it in a way that's like, I'm not going to sway on what I'm saying. This is what I do. This is how I live. Don't fucking question me. If that's your tone, be kind, of course. Like, don't need to be not nice about it. I'm just saying this more in like your tone is in like your body language is very like, this is who I am. 90% of the time, people will leave you the fuck alone. I've done it a million times. I've done it for the past six years. I'm telling you. If you just say it, you say it with confidence, you say it with conviction and you give no one wriggle room to like convince you. Otherwise, they will leave you alone. And weirdly enough, especially men, which makes me want to fucking vomit in my mouth, like respect you because of it. So people actually, when you're firm in your answer, leave you alone and then they try to label you as like this good person, which is fucked up because not drinking has nothing to do with your personality and doesn't make you a fucking superior superior human and it honestly that whole I mean, this is a completely separate topic but that just really fucking pisses me off because it is just like pure patriarchy playing out like oh my god like she's a good girl no no but all i will say on that is like Oddly enough, this whole like FOMO and people like shoving you out of the group. This is especially like when you're younger. Actually, because of the patriarchy for once in your fucking life, it actually kind of works not for you, but like for you in a way if people leave you alone and then judge you for like other reasons in terms of like putting you on this really odd, weird pedestal, which is just so annoying, but works in your favor in this specific scenario. Okay, people wanted to know how I stay awake at parties and to be honest again not sugarcoating it I don't stay awake as long as other people but I'm also like a big dance floor enthusiast I love a dance I love a boogie boogie if the music is the way I like it and dancing makes me firstly feel like I'm on fucking drugs and that sounds so cliche and so lame and makes me want to puke but it's kind of true for me so I'll end up like people a lot of the time think I'm off my face when I'm not just because um yeah I don't know a bit weird uh yeah but I don't stay as long as other people I guess I get tired it's a fact humans get tired and I get tired and I don't have any you know substances in my body so I go home and I sleep but also I find that like drugs is the main thing that keeps you awake um I find alcohol like it's like coffee you like up and then you crash so I mean I probably stay awake the same time as anyone that is like off their face does maybe I'm wrong I don't know but I guess 
how do I stay awake? I don't. When I'm really tired and over it, I go home and I go to bed. It's the best way I can answer that question. <laughs> People also want to know whether I end up playing like mum role at parties. Also, why are we labeling mums as the nurturers? Dads can be too. Anyways, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I just kind of don't like maybe I'm not a nice person but my thing is like you did that to yourself obviously in any scenario if someone is like in danger um or if I see that they're gonna like they like yeah they're in danger whether that be like physically or like just because someone is around them and they're intoxicated like I will always be the first to look after anyone in any scenario so it's not like a that thing like I don't give a fuck about people but in terms of someone just being like drunk and a bit reckless like I'm not gonna try and like help them or police them in any way because that's like their choice and I'm not going to interfere with that I'm not going to act like I'm superior also like I'm not going to ruin my night by looking after all these people that are intoxicated when I've chosen not to do that and they have like it just it's not it's not my responsibility and I refuse to take that responsibility on and I feel like if you're someone that is a people pleaser and I feel like I'm a people pleaser in a, in a different in a different way but definitely not in that way it's not it's not in me like that um, but if you are that's something that you need to work through because I'm sure that kind of behavior comes out in all different like parts of your life not just in that scenario um, so yeah that's something obviously you should try and explore and you know look into or whatever but I personally don't really have that and if I do I remind myself that I'm not other people's responsibility I can only be responsible for myself and yeah other people wanted to know with dealing with close friends and partners that drink um obviously I kind of addressed the friends thing before so I won't go back into that but I guess when it comes to relationships like I everyone that I've dated has um like been a drinker in terms of like we'll go out and have a drink or get drunk or whatever um occasionally but emphasis on occasionally I don't think I could again date someone where like the basis of our relationship was around going out in that way because it just genuinely wouldn't work because like our lifestyles and our values wouldn't match up um but I don't I don't like alcohol doesn't bother me I don't really care about I don't mind being around it I don't it's not a big deal so like for example my partner at the moment like they um drink but not a lot so it's like not really an issue in our life and like we don't really even have that much alcohol in the house because we're both not big like I obviously don't drink and like my partner's not a very big drinker but then when they do decide to go out um they'll go out with their friends and like that's fine and then they come home and like that's the end of it and it's it's also like occasionally so it's like so not a big deal but maybe if that was their behavior every single weekend it might become a problem because like that's not what I'm into and I also again don't want to be looking after someone all the freaking time because they're going out and getting drunk and then coming home to me yeah that would annoy me and maybe that relationship wouldn't work but I've never put myself in those situations I don't have a problem with being around people that drink or are drunk um I don't have a problem with alcohol in general I just choose not to participate in the activity um so yeah it's honestly it doesn't really bother me that much but also I've never dated like heavy drinkers and I don't not necessarily yeah I don't think I would I don't think I would it's not a value of mine it's not something that like I obviously enjoy doing so I don't really want those relationships so it's not really a problem for me because I don't date people that are like that and that's a choice of mine. That's what I look for in a partner. That's, you know, that's how I make sure our values line up and that's not a value of mine. So yeah, I don't have to, I don't, I, I 
don't I've never like I don't it's not a quite criteria for me to date someone that doesn't drink at all I never have and like I don't it's not something that I need but I definitely need that it to be like less prevalent than other things in their life but that's just like a preference of mine when it comes to dating a person okay so I'm gonna go to some positives I mean this is all semi being positive I think but a lot of people want to know like what have I found through all my years of not drinking, what has been the top benefits and like obviously would I recommend it, whatever. When it comes to recommending it, I would honestly say like you do you. Everyone has different reasons for doing different things. If it's something that you've wanted to do but you're too scared because of all the things we discussed before like FOMO and pressure and all that, I would actually suggest doing it. Just even just challenge yourself in those scenarios um, to be able to like back yourself more and back your life and back your decisions. Um, It's really insightful in that way to give up something that is so culturally accepted and done um even when like a lot of people like I said don't want to do it and I actually found that because I got flooded with dms and messages from people asking these questions and I'm like wow like so many people are thinking this but still doing it because they feel pressured so if you actually want to do it but you're too scared I would say do it um but also do whatever the fuck you want don't listen to me What have I found to be the top benefits is, I mean, I love exercise. I love training. I love being active. And obviously I perform better when I don't drink. I don't get hangovers and stuff like that. So I can like get up early and feel amazing. Um, So like the biggest benefit would be that. I also suffer from mental health issues and mental, yeah. No, I said that right. So I thought I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I suffer from mental health issues. So like obviously drinking doesn't um, help those issues issues that I have so I've noticed that like I think I think for me it's more that like I would notice if I did drink that those problems would possibly get worse and I know that to be true because they were getting worse when I just had to give it up so yeah for my mental health better better not drinking for it (laughs) uh and also I guess yeah you're, you're kind of like you have more time on your hands I suppose like and I mean, obviously I save money because I don't buy alcohol. Uh, and, and when I go out, I don't. Like, drinks are fucking expensive when you go out. Like, they're like... I went I went to a bar the other night with um, some friends and my partner. And I was being nice. And I was like, I'm going to go buy everyone, like, a round of whatever you want. Like, what do you guys drink? Which is always a really funny scenario because I don't drink and haven't in so long. I'm like, what is, what is it? Let me write it down because I don't know what all these fucking drinks are. Um... Anyways, and I was like, wow, drinks are so expensive. So yeah, I don't have to deal with that, which is nice for the pocket. And yeah, I have more time on my hands because I don't engage in that activity. For me, I actually have more fun going out now um, because I'm a very social person when I'm out. I'm definitely an introvert, but when I'm in a social setting, I can get into it if I like the people I'm around. And um, alcohol actually towards the end of my journey as well started making me really anxious and I sometimes have panic attacks and all this sort of stuff so it actually like enhanced my social life especially now that I'm reaping the benefits of that later down the track because I don't get like anxious um because I'm not drinking which is weird some people like drink because they're anxious um and I I alcohol makes me anxious so yeah I guess the top benefits then for me to summarize (laughs) would be um clarity better um when it comes to moving my body and training because that's something that I really love uh saving money saving time and better mental health 
And I'm going to finish on this question. Um, And the question is, do I miss it? And I guess it's really interesting, this question, because my natural, like, podcasty answer would be, no, I don't miss it. It's the best decision I've ever made. And the truth is, in the past two years, I actually have. Um, And there's been a few times where I've come really close to being like, oh, fuck it. Because it's so ingrained in our culture and in our social life. And also, like, I'm a big foodie. Um, I wasn't at the time I gave it up because I was going through some other things. But I've really, in the past two years, discovered food and, like, real food and real flavor. And with certain, like, food uh, culture – wait, what am I saying? With certain, like, um, food – what am I – I'm trying to say like food culture experiences, but that's not a fucking word or a phrase. So like, I don't know how to put it, but like, for example, it's like certain, certain alcohol or wines, right? Go with certain kinds of food. And like, that's a whole like experience in itself. And my partner is a massive foodie as well. And I just wish I could like experience like that side of things with them sometimes, like going to a winery and trying things with certain foods or like, Do you know what I mean? Like going to like a beautiful Italian restaurant and having like a beautiful blah, 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 red wine. I don't know. You know what I mean? Or like a lot of my friends will, they like will have like rosé on like a Friday and like all sit around and like, I don't know. It just seems cute. And I still go to those, like I still do those things and still have great times. Like I still go to the drinks and don't have the rosé, but still have an amazing time and great conversation and I still go to the beautiful Italian restaurant and eat the delicious amazing food without the wine so it's like all good but there is been there has sorry been times where I have been like oh I just maybe I do want to engage in in that um scenario and that culture and I haven't yet and who knows maybe I maybe I will um but I I always then come back to like why I stopped drinking and my values in life and I know what that has can do to me and I also have seen the bad like really bad effects of alcohol which always kind of outweighs the positives of it so I usually always end up being like having the thought stewing on it for two seconds and being like no um but yeah there there are times where I do miss it and I do want a part of me wants to engage in it which I I didn't have before these past two years at all if you asked me this question two years ago I'd be like no don't miss it don't care um but no those thoughts have definitely come up many many times and yeah I do miss it sometimes but yeah I don't know we'll see keep you updated if I do but I just don't think I will because of my lifestyle now and because of my health both physically and mentally but in short, yeah, sometimes I, I do miss it. Okay, we are heading up to the 15-minute mark, so I'm going to wrap this episode up. Um, thank you so much if you made it to the end of this episode of Conversations with Kath, episode one. Isn't that weird? I mean, I'm like sitting here at the finishing of this recording now. It's like three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and a part of me is like, will I even upload it? I don't know. So if this makes it onto the internet, Congratulations, Kath, I will say, because I am an insecure motherfucker and I get scared talking about my feelings and thoughts out in the open because then people will criticize you and say you talk about your feelings too much. But all good. We're here. We're doing it. So I'm going to go. My Uber Eats did come like half an hour ago and I've just been staring at it. So I'm going to go eat that. Um, And yes, goodbye now.